Hello, Interbe. So nice to have you again. Welcome to another episode of What About with Michelle and me. Hello. Um, today, we decided I would be the opener of this episode. So um, I just like, Michelle, have you ever thought about like just being something that just kind of floats through all the space and time? Like a, like a molecule of water or just any particular atom. Do you have a favorite atom? You want to be? Or elementary particle? I'm, I'm leaning back here and my eyes are closed. I'm kind of in a reclined position thinking about this question. Could be any, any microscopic thing you'd like. Did you know that J is the only letter that doesn't have an element on the periodic table? Does it not? I'm trying to think and like... I'm pretty sure. That's what just crossed my mind. Because I've been listening to a lot of jazz lately, so the letter J is in my mind. You know, I don't know. I don't have an atom in mind. Okay. Uh, but I think... Um, I just picture the little... It's the Bohr model, right? The little, you know, the... Yeah. Jimmy Neutron kind of image. The little nucleus and, and it, how it just kind of vibrate a little close, like stuck together little spheres yeah. and they're vibrating in kind of very fast, like spurious yeah. motion. So I'm just picturing that, honestly. I don't have it. But okay. in Terrabang, maybe? I don't know. You have something? Maybe. Perhaps. I Earlier I was thinking about this this week and I was thinking like water molecules, you know, just you see them all over the place. You know, they're yep. in clouds, they're in your drink. Sure. They just kind of float by, beginning in puddles, you know, your lakes. Uh, underwater underwater um, artis- artisanal wells, oceans. Uh, they never really, like, they're not born, they're not dead. They just kind of exist simply. And sure, yeah. I like the idea, you know, with so much life and death going on in the world, it's easy to get caught up in that, like, cycle. But easily, you know, equally, it's good to remember that you know you if you know you're made up of all these different molecules and you know something that could be part of the cloud you know and drift on for days weeks months years um you know could eventually come back down to earth you know it could stay in underwater or underground for another couple years or so you know make its way to the surface through the ocean Hmm. Um, maybe find its way to a little a little pond, you know, with little frogs and stuff. Or, you know, could go into somebody's body as they're drinking it. It's kind of a weird thought, but, you know, it's just what happens. Oh, really I was thinking I had it. a very similar image when you brought up the body in particular. Yeah. So it's not like things are so much born and then they grow and they die. It just moves to a different place or does a different thing. Changes mm-hmm. different phase. Nothing wrong with any of them. Just, that's just how it is. Bit of an objectivity about it. Yeah. So, what that's do you think about all that? <laughs> <laughs> Big question, but you know. Well, I was thinking of the the entry. I don't want to say the entry point. We touched when you brought up the the, the human body because that's a system I'm probably the most familiar with out of what you're describing from firsthand experience. I feel like I've dissected a frog before, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking with the body, you know, so yeah, take 
water molecule in this instance, but also just all the different kind of like subatomic particles that we know are just like passing through us, like neutrinos or muons are just passing through like cosmic quarks. rays and quarks. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's like how this is passing through us like all the time because it's like we forget that there's so much space in between atoms. There's so much air. It's like so much something sp- ridiculous, like 70 or 90% air. I mean, not air, but like, like empty space. I say, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty empty space. Um, in the electron cloud area and stuff, um, but I was thinking like, with water because it's a, such a much much larger thing that I think we can. I, at least for me, I have a higher grasp. Those covalent of. bonds. <laughs> 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 uh, like how it enters my body. So it's like there's the obvious of like drinking entering through my mouth, my like orifices, right? Like my sure. mouth and my ears sure. and my nose. Heaven forbid, in a horrible. I try to do a front flip in a swimming pool and getting water up your nose, it burns. Sure. Um, but there's also like the transfer just like through your, your skin, which is so porous. Yeah. So like when you porous. go through a shower, you know, they say it's really good for your hydration. Yeah. You know, and, like for your face. And, and your sweat as well. And so in just like you have this pores, these porous channels, these gap junctions, you know, that are like all throughout your body, but you feel solid. I just remember as a kid, it was so strange. When I first learned how much space there was in atoms. It's like, wait, but this like this table, my, yeah. my is so Can solid. Can you pass through it? <laughs> no, you can't pass it. But it, it's I thought that was so interesting with the atomic theory, um, but it, with the skin especially because like this is our this is our like armor against everything, and it's such a soft, mushy, squishy, like yeah, yeah, delicate but very like very quite durable and adaptive remarkably so and there's things on the skin like hair and oil glands that allow for different things and whatnot to respond to different environmental factors but like we're so like the fleshiness of us so i think of things like you like the water passing through yeah cosmic rays passing but also just like it's summer right now and uh it's nice to feel it's, that vitamin it, D going. Like sunshine. Like how does sun, like how, the, how sunshine feels? Like, you know how it feels like on your body, how it like just kind of like encapsulates yeah, you? It's, like it's a tingly like feeling. All around warmth, especially when you come in from, you know, if you're privileged enough to be in a very well air conditioned area in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you may feel a little chilly when you're inside, and you go outside, and there's, yeah, like you said, tingly at, like, all your ends, you know? Here. All of your ends. You're not just, like, because a, a blanket, like, you can wrap around you, can be on top of you, but this is, like, all, like, the nooks and crannies of your shape are being touched. That sounds kind of weird when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't have said that. Should we restart the episode? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm just no, kidding. I'm just kidding. Fine. Keep it, keep it. But I was, I was just thinking, thinking when you said nooks and crannies, I meant like, you know, I was thinking like the innards of your eyeballs, you know, which sure, it's considered, I guess, a nook. It's kind of hard to get in there. But, I was thinking you know, like, you're, like, like you're facing the sun sense. face on, but how you can feel it like behind your ears, like sure, behind it, your knee. Oh, okay. It's encompassing. Encompassing, exactly. And it's like how... But it, in, you know, so like vitamin D is such a topic, right? Of like you're vitamin D deficient or 
you know, yeah. if you're low on vitamin D, you have these health concerns like depression or other issues and it's so good. But then it's like, don't have too much because yeah. our skin is skin so, cancer. <laughs> yeah, our, not on my you got to walk that. that fine line of, well, we, we laugh because, you know, a lot of people are, perhaps they're aware, but they're in denial that, you know, it exists. And, you know, America in particular is like the number one uh, place that has the most prevalent cases of melanoma. Oh, Australia, because the ozone. Uh, well, perhaps one of those well, Is it like per, like, like i think by population by population or, or like so. or just your well, i don't know if it's percentage i don't i'm not sure but yeah i mean it's not really a thing you want to compete for no it's not something you want to be number I, one i would be okay if america was second place and not first place for once yeah i know right <sighs> but <sighs> uh but yeah well and it's like thinking of like for america which is you know quite eurocentric and majority Caucasian, pale-skinned, um, you know, most countries have this desire to have the grass that's greener and you desire a skin tone that is not yours. So in America, the skin tone is to be tanner, to be darker skinned, at least in main threads of pop popular media and culture. It might not be. I agree with that. I agree It might not that. be for everyone in general. And there's other cultures where people are like in india and it's like your skin tone is naturally darker people try to idealize and strive for lighter the fair skin because that means fair skin the generally traditionally i guess it's a thing where if you're fair skin that means you're not like a day laborer yeah back in the olden times right yeah um same thing i think with asian cultures or you know uh, chinese japanese i could get mm-hmm. that wrong but you know eastern yeah. asian cultures um that means that you don't work out in the fields all day so you know you can afford that so yeah that's it's a status symbol yeah but like in america it's like it's not just not just america but in places you know that are wanting to tan um it's not your source of of getting tan isn't just the natural sunlight you know we've come up with these methods to get you know there's tanning booths where you have the artificial spray tan. Yeah. And, then, and there's spray tan and makeup that just you're just caking on brown powder oh, lotion stuff just laying it right on top of your skin that kind of absorbs it a little bit and binds to it enough so it can like i guess be semi-permanent or temporary but like um the whole i think the whole artificial artificial light thing interests me a lot because yeah i mean there are tanning booths but you know people also use it for like depression you know if you like when i i I lived in the bay area in california where it's very foggy in san francisco and have you tried the uv therapy uh, i have i got a little desk i did get a desk lamp i did get a desk lamp that had like a brighter luminosity uh, and it did help help it did help mood it did help me actually and they're not like immensely not like whoa but (laughs) (laughs) amazed by this light yeah and it was like but it so sure some placebo effect in in there but um but just how we respond to light you know and i know like with uh, a method to to treat depression is blue light therapy where they shine a blue light little like small circle on your forehead and you kind of like it stays there and it does help with relieve depressive symptoms 
Somewhat. Like a laser blue light? Mm-hmm. Like, huh. yeah, with like something with a wavelength and, and things in it. And the effects can be, you know, several months and you can go in for, for you know, tune-up sessions and stuff. But yeah, how we respond to light and how it like, you know, thinking again about our skin and how it's, you know, able to be penetrated uh, with light like that and, and stuff. And um, yeah, so that's why I was thinking of it's particularly, particularly the body. Um, with with your kind of opening question there and yeah and I haven't you know, heard too much about hmm. like sunlight effect on like animals because you know humans we're so sensitive to it because we're pretty much mostly skin and like 10% hair yeah like what's right? the deal with that and then and then, <laughs> and then the temperature of hair we have we want to whittle it down to two percent with like a lot you know of all the hair removal mani- yeah manicuring and uh, right that's not the right word but you know like yeah like laser hair removal or yeah. like trimming it in certain places to make it look particularly fashionable who I mean, however society dictates yeah. fashion should be yeah so now it's like three percent but yeah go ahead yeah <laughs> no, no no i was just thinking like um you know you, you you see dogs you know go out or you know like pets you know and they're very happy to like play around the black backyard when they're sun yeah but do you think I'm it's skin cancer any, like yeah i'm I'm sure they mm. must because they get a variety of like different diseases that animal. I mean, that humans also get, you know. But sure. I right. have not had the chance to talk thoroughly to a veterinarian or anybody skilled that's a good, in that's a, yeah. animal studies. I know, like, yeah, we have a better understanding of domesticated animals like dogs and cats because we're so much surely, closer like, to them and have more lions, access. They, you know, and and like other animals, elephants. Yeah, they don't have. I mean, they have thick hides. Sure um hippos you know they're fairly furless right um but do they get any kind of cancer skin cancer wise yeah i mean they definitely can overheat which can be due to a combination of things like dehydration and get yeah, like I mean, heat stroke like and and stuff and go into and, the mud and coat themselves right and there's animals that are you know whether it's warm-blooded or cold-blooded um, and how they react to them. Like I think of, for me, like one of my favorite images to have when I'm feeling sleepy in the afternoon, which is pretty much every day. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, sleep, the sleepy lizard on a rock is what I like to I love image. That. You know, when you when you're yes. out and you see a lizard just out in the warm, bright, vibrant it's afternoon just, sun, it's out in a rock, just totally laying out, and just it doesn't so, care about anything else. It's just totally vulnerable. Just soaking up. His eyes are closed usually, or something. Um, but then you know they can't be out there for that long, and eventually they do go back underneath the rock to like cool down because they're yeah. flooded. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good question actually about the skin cancer in particular. Uh, because it I'm also- sure it, it must happen to some. We just you know may not be studying them as extensively as we're studying humans. Sure. Yeah. Um, or like fish, do they get skin cancer? I mean, sure, they're underwater, but, you know, like, what about the, 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 you know, the fish who live in, like, shallow waters, you know, in, in like, tide pools and stuff like that? Yeah, they can't Yeah, really... I mean, you get a lot of, yeah, I mean. The sand is quite warm. Yeah. So. A lot of exposure there. Um, hey, did you see in the news, I think it was last week with, like, NASA released the news about, um, for the first pictures that came out this, I guess, of the month or two ago from the Solar Orbiter, that oh, no. a, a joint, a joint um, 
project collaboration between NASA and ESA. So solar um, orbiter, so there's like a spacecraft that's orbiting the sun? Yeah, it, it launched a couple, I think was it 2014, 2017? Um, okay. Is there a name for it? My understanding it's solar orbiter. I, I'm sorry. Wow. Um, I, 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 they could have come up with so many names. I know, right? Mercury 2.0, at least. <laughs> I believe it is just called Solar... Apollo. Oh, they already had a couple of Apollos. Never mind. <laughs> They've had plenty, yeah. Um, Hermes? I know, Hermes? The, I know there's the Parker Solar Probe that's from NASA. I know that's, oh, that's a thing. That's not a swanky name. And that's, and that's set... That's a separate project, though. Okay, okay. That's just going right into the sun. <laughs> uh, wow. I think it's game to like hit to to hit it um um like to be like within four million miles of the sun. So I think Earth is like a hundred ninety about ninety million miles from the sun. Is my understanding? I feel like these um, numbers, astro- astronomical numbers, they're just kind of like stupid numbers, like. Not stupid in the sense that yeah, it's like what is rubbish, that mean? but I don't like, know what that means. Yeah, it's so incomprehensible yeah. to my tiny little human mind. Yeah, but anyways, the first pictures came out from the solar orbiter. Whoa! That were released, and yeah, you know, they have all these different images uh, of the sun that capture different things on the sun's surface. Were they very different from what we have seen previously prior to this uh, uh, no, I don't believe so. It just, ha- just showed it more detailed. It was able to show kind of the, you know, they call it like kind of campfires is kind of the affectionate term they use for the different solar flares. So um, to show the activity. So I think we're about half, so that, you know what a solar cycle is, how it's about every 11 years. Are you familiar with that? No, so, no. Starting in like the 1700s, I think, so they started having keeping records because they had like enough like telescope technology to like see the sun close enough. They started, you they're looking directly at the sun, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so they, this, the desert that there's the solar cycle is about every 11 years, and this is how long it takes for the sun's magnetic poles to shift. And during that time, visible activity of so like the solar flares and solar storms, a little like little spots and little bright spots you see on the sun's surface, how they sure. change in position. They'll reorient number. themselves. Yeah, so at some certain times in this 11-year this solar cycle, like the sun is very clean, like bare, like plain looking. There aren't many like non-uniform bright spots and stuff. Okay. Um, and kind of, and through the 11-year cycle, you know, there's like, you know, there's different solar storms coronal mass ejections and stuff that you know ejecting out the corona i mean that's kind of like a topic word but you know corona being like that outer layer of the sun sure Um, the aura of the sun mm -hmm, exactly and so how it's like ejecting out um yeah those mass ejections the things that travel earth and you you say cycle so like say uh you see a sunspot or you know some feature of the sun yeah um and then fast forward 11 years and, you know, you've reoriented, you know, or not you, but the sun has reoriented its magnetic poles once or mm-hmm. twice. Will you see that same sunspot no, again? No, not necessarily. Or? Yeah, no, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It could have dissipated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how it's like, for me, like the coronal mustache thing is always kind of scary because it's like, it's like shooting out 
this stuff mm -hmm. and it's like affecting like the earth's magnetosphere and that's why we see really cool things like northern lights photons and, and, yeah yeah the aurora borealis and really cool things like that but it can also affect like something that i, like, I learned recently is how it can affect like our, our power lines or like air travel radio waves and stuff if it's really intense um and how much it kind yeah, of I can like create some interference in there yeah again talking about permeability you're talking about permeability of the skin of our skin of our bodies but also just of the earth's atmosphere and how the sun's like so far away but like doing those things so no anyway those pictures are pretty cool there they came out and it just showed things in more detail and i think this orbiter is set um to like orbit the sun like I don't know, a dozen or so times um how long is that do you know at how long it would take to orbit the sun a single time i'm not sure actually and i think like i did remember when i was reading the article like a it's like a diagram of the different pathways of each orbit like they're kind of they're different lengths i guess just due to pull of gravity because it's kind of sure it's dancing it's doing kind of a dance with venus and mercury that makes so sense. It's, it's affected by their gravitational pull as well so is it ultimately gonna get pulled into the sun or pulled into either of those planets or I think just the plan gonna, is that it's not it's just general space trash yeah yeah wait cool. i'm trying to think about moon stuff mercury doesn't have any moons right just Ven venus uh I think Venus, because it rotates so slowly, but Mercury, I think, goes so fast. It has no moons. Um, I could be wrong. Let me look it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Venus has no moons. Venus has no moons. Yeah. I just looked it up. Does Mercury have moons? Nope. Wait. Mars has two small moons, but okay, so neither Mercury nor Venus. Okay, so that could moons, affect according to NASA. According, apparently. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of cool. So think about sunshine. It's summertime. It's really bright and intense sunlight here in Colorado because we're like a mile up, and uh, I guess mile. So something. Yeah, when you're thinking of like when you said like stupid numbers of like, what does it even mean? I always think yeah. of like with miles, like feet. I oh, I, oh, I never can remember how, and I came up with a mnemonic I'd like to share um, for for feet in miles, you know? Uh-huh. Um, five, two, eight, zero. Yeah, so I just think of five tomatoes. <laughs> I came up with it That's a couple of years ago. And yeah. it's always, because I can never remember. I, it's just a jumble because it's like I can't come up with a pattern. So I think of five tomatoes is a mile. So it's five, two, eight, zero. Um, but yeah, being here in Colorado, you can definitely like feel the sun. And it's like, I think people get addicted to it out here because you want to be outside because like it feels so good. Reminds me a lot of the movie Sunshine, I think the 2007 film. Yes, Alien. I love that movie. Yeah, we've not seen it together. I know we talked about it. Um, but like how the yeah, main. Watch it, yeah. We need a new, yeah, movie time. Um, but like how one of the main Guys, characters mm -hmm. in Terabank, if you have not seen it, we implore you, please, definitely go see it. But yeah, go on, Michelle. It's good. Yeah, I guess. No, good point. Sorry, in Terabank. We should be cautious here with what we disclose about the film. Um, it's a sci-fi film. I got a, I got a pitch for it. You want to hear go the ahead. pitch? Yeah, please. So it's, it's um, basically, I think America 
or the nations of the world want to uh oh the sun's about the sun's about to die and we the people of earth need to jump start this time yeah like put some <laughs> put some jumper cables in it hook it up uh, to well, our... you say jumper cables how about like a nuclear you know yeah. payload yeah so we sent we sent a crew of people i think there's like seven or something space i don't know why it's got to be manned but there you go it's manned um there's like seven people it adds, the human, it adds the humanitarian cause for it sure it really gives a human touch to it yeah <laughs> uh there's seven different people they all have different jobs there's like a physicist an engineer a botanist i think some like psychologists to make sure all the scientist people are okay mm-hmm. um i forgot there's like an artist but um some you know the the leader something happens to the leader whatever um and then the engineer person becomes a de facto captain. Interbank, I'm very pleased to announce this de facto captain is none other than Captain America, Chris Evans, his character. Yeah, um, you're right. It's kind of at that weird time before oh certain people became like bigger names. And yes. And then he's, he's, you know, driving his spaceship, uh, which, you know, in addition to nuclear payload, you know, it's powered by sun's solar power. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it catch it? Well, great question, Terabank. There's a solar shield. <laughs> so, this is Captain. There's a few, there's a few scientific <laughs> liberties. It is science yeah. fiction. It's a science fiction film. So don't don't yeah. try to go. You know, Interstellar was a film that did try to approach things. You know, with the advice of of physicists like Kip Thorne. Well, uh, okay, no, I I I I really appreciate Sunshine, um, the movie. Because it was advised by my favorite physicist, uh, rock star turned astrophysicist of all time, Professor Brian Cox. I did not know he that. He used to perform. Yes, he's. I, I know. I know you're a fan. I know who he is. Your. Yes. I didn't know he advised. He's, on the he's film. a British. He's a British dude. Um, he for Interbank. Who doesn't know as much as you or I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, he he used to you know uh, play for I think one or two bands. Um, back in the day and then you know after a couple of years he was like i'm i'm done with the rock star life mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna go into university got a phd in physics and kind of works part-time with cern and you know also does some astronomy stuff and then you know now is gonna be the second version of david attenborough it looks like from the bbc you know trying to give him all mm-hmm. the documentary programs so pretty cool dude uh, but yes yeah, so he he advised uh danny boyle the director of sunshine um, about a lot of the physics stuff and I think the ending got a bit wonky but I think that was out of Brian's control <laughs> um, but he talked a lot to Killian Murphy who's like the main character he's a physicist of, of this story um, and so they got I was really pleasantly surprised they got a lot of um, good science stuff in there yeah um, and it's like well regarded by the science community mm, as well as the okay. science fiction community so okay yeah, yeah, Interstellar and that I think are really respectable films. Yes, generally, and um, yeah, and I think you know Sunshine comes to mind too with because a theme that I mean I picked up when I watched the film with some of the characters deal. With, it's kind of like how addictive the sun sun sunshine is, and how it really like people you know just become kind of obsessed and because it's just how how good it feels. Um, and how sometimes 
it's a little like just because it feels good doesn't mean it's actually good for you kind of thing um it's easy to get kind of mesmerized it's kind of, yeah a little, a little like into hedonism right of like just pleasure seeking and of like i don't yeah. care the consequences and so the movie does touch a little bit on that on like because i think that has broader implications of like a lot of things in life of just because it feels good is it actually like good for you long term or um you know are your your pain receptors your pleasure receptors are they actually like leading you in a way that's towards survival and yeah like like um there's that classic rat experiment right of oh i forgot i think there was an experiment where a rat was able to get like dopamine Mm. have you heard of this experiment yeah, yeah. so it, it was plugged, so it was a lever lever push is a neuropsychological experiment was so it like yeah, food it versus dopamine, dopamine. Yeah, so it, yeah it ended up multi didn't multiple times repeat not just a single rat um and yeah so it's a lever push experiment where a rat is hooked up um to like an iv that would you know provide it dopamine which is like a you know feel good, friend, feel good yeah. neurotransmitter um that we often experience as a reward like a pleasure. So like when you get a piece of, when you get a delicious cookie, for me at least, even when I see a cookie <laughs> in my hand, I get a rush of dopamine and then I have another rush when I bite into it. Oh, um, yeah, it's great. Easy, easy creature to please. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't say anything. I, can't, I was trying to come up with a comeback. So I'm just like, oh, she's got me pegged there. I have, yes, yes. Yes to that. Um, but this rat, um, you know, uh, was hooked up to dopamine and, you know, they would, when it pushed on a lever with this little paw, it would be delivered a certain dosage of dopamine and over time, and also be presented with its regular food schedule, whatever lab rat cuisine would be. Don't know how good So that. you're saying it could override the food It did. Schedule? And so the rat became upset. It preferred, I think it had a lever choice between food and dopamine. That's what it was. Yeah. And it chose. You can't, you can't choose both? Or just never opted just, for the food option. It just after a while, it had stopped eating more its more food. It just wanted the dopamine, and then it died of starvation because Small you can't wonder. live off of dopamine. Um, Take that, adrenaline junkies. <laughs> but yeah, and like you know, feel good stuff. How you feel, you know, being in your thoughts versus like what's actually good for sustenance. Um, I don't know. I guess it's kind of but that, that kind of like brings up the point like how do you know what's good for you and when you've had enough right because we can't all have our moms you know like tell us oh this is good you've had enough now you've had your fun yeah you know one of those things for me is the idea of like nostalgia and reminiscing about past memories and things and like, like what do you mean by that like because for me, like, any I, summertime, a, you know, sun time or sunshine that, vibes or like. Doesn't have to be particularly summertime sunshine, but I'm a really sentimental person. Um, and I, I really enjoy just sitting and like going into my mind back into time and thinking about certain memories. Um, but some, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but, you know, really the good ones and, you know, feeling that sense of nostalgia and like desire to be back in the moment and wishing I could be back there um and I know that like I do this sometimes when there are pressing issues in the present that I need to tend to but part of me like lets myself kind of like when you push the snooze button 
Like I just, yeah. like, I just like letting myself having a few more moments. Intentional negligence. Yes, it perfectly said. Um, and to to kind of continue like indulging in that like memory lane trip and stuff. And there's a song I uh, came across when it came across. It came out recently. Um, I'm a I'm a Selena Gomez fan. Um, fight me. I think her music is extremely catchy. Um, I think she has great taste in picking and producing, coming up with songs. Um, for me, at least. Um, so she came up with a song, kind of kind of snuck out there. I think it's a collaboration with an artist named Trevor Daniels. It's a duet. It's called Past Life, like P-A-S-T, Life. And it's, I think it's got a nice song because it kind of captures what I was talking about, how in the beginning, it's kind of like a, a, you know, a journey you take with yourself. It's very intrapersonal to me, at least. I haven't listened to it with a group of people, only by myself. Um, but it could be different if I listen to it with other people. But initially, it kind of is more somber and longing and seems kind of like sad and low. And kind of is, could you kind of describe that initial feeling of like, I'm wishing I could be in this memory? But then as the song progresses, it kind of picks back up, gets a little bit more fun, bubblegum, brighter, uplifting. And it kind of seems like it's a celebration of like, of that moment in time. Um, like at least it happened and you were there to yeah, you experience know, be part it. of it and you yeah. kind of immersed in it and you're living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been enjoying it. I've been listening to it on and off. And, and especially when, you know, we're talking about this movie, Sunshine. And so, you know, Stephanie and I have talked about this film. We've not seen it together, as we mentioned. Um, but big part of this film is the music for us. Um, and, you know, uh, a great soundtrack. And one of the songs for me, it's actually a song made, I think, separately from the film, but it was kind of introduced into the soundtrack. Um, it's called To Heal, H-E-A-L, To Heal, um, by the group Underworld. And John Murphy did the thing. I'm correct, right? So I think he did most of the soundtrack for the film. I yeah, think he, he did maybe the original movie soundtrack. Yeah, so I, I think he's credited in the movie soundtrack. I think he may have done a few tweaks on it to put it in the movie, but the main song is "To Heal" by Underworld, and it really. I actually came across the song before I watched the movie, like separately. Really? It's kind of weird. Yeah. It yeah, was like, it happens the other way around. Yeah, it came up on my Spotify recommended like years ago. Um, wow. Yeah. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, the song. Because I had like saved, like made it my favorite to like one of my favorite you know, playlists. I, don't you love it when that happens? Like yeah. you've, you've picked a song and it, you know, it's not necessarily well known. It's just, it came up maybe Spotify deities that be, you know, they, yeah. they had some foresight and figure out what's going to be popular soon or not popular but you know suits your taste yeah um and then you know you, you really grow to love the song just as it is without the other context that you know the movie whatever entity you know um, advertising may give to it mm-hmm. you know in addition to your personal connection to that song i think that's, that's yeah. really cool no, totally. Yeah, so I had a, I had my own experience with it. Like, I would play it, like, when I was late in my neuropsychology research lab in undergrad, like, working with MATLAB and processing different, like, MRI, fMRI things, and it was sure, late sure. and lonely. Um, but it was a beautiful, like, that, it really captures that warmth and progression and, like, what we're talking about in the beginning, like, how the sun kind of, kind of like, 
encompasses you. And, yeah, yeah. Encompasses you. And that's actually kind of coincides what happens in the scene in the movie a little bit. I won't say much more to not spoil it, but it's a good one. You should watch it. Watch it. So I use it actually as my like alarm clock song because it just has this really? great, nice, slow progression and kind of like when things kind of like swirl into your ear like amber or like this liquid you ready for the day yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like hits that sweet spot you get little tingles and it's like I'm feeling it I'm, I'm ready to get up now yeah but it's like a nice gentle stretch like a high hum so oh so it's not it's not like a bam it's the day no, it's a gl- it's a it's a like a glow a growing glow okay okay I like that yeah. it's like an alternative to what's it like the blue light therapy you know that they advised for people if they can to you know like gently wake them into the day it's kind of like the music yes. version of the sound version of that but, yes exactly um I love so that the, idea. those are those are songs that come to mind for me for for this episode do you have one step um, i'd like to contribute another <laughs> another sunshine song i yeah. think it's like the main theme of this song i'm not sure if it plays at the beginning or i guess you said yours plays at the end so mine I guess must play at the beginning or maybe uh-huh. throughout the movie uh-huh. it's called adagio in d minor now I don't I know adagio sounds kind of fancy so, sounds like it's Beethoven or something or Mozart classically yeah. trained yeah yeah but um don't be put off by you know fancy Italian word that just means slow just means slow in <laughs> d minor that's all it is oh my gosh um but it's I feel like this song resonates with me I don't know if it's just the timbre and you know, like the progression of the song, it starts off um, with a low string instrument. I don't know if it's a cello or bass. Um, or, and then it kind of grows and grows. It's kind of like if you, what's the best way to put it? You're standing on a coast, a hill, some, something where you can see the horizon and nothing, you know, everything is just kind of pitch black. The first note of the thing, it's like the first ray of sun peeking through. Mm-hmm. right and then the movie kind of grows and then it's like you're seeing the sun come up right and then it's not quite like it's suddenly midday midway through the song but you just kind of feel the power of the sun you know and maybe you're a little bit too close to the sun <laughs> you're starting to roast or maybe you know maybe you've you've uh, had enough sun t- you had the foresight to put some suntan lotion on or sunscreen lotion on so you're protected so you're just kind of observing it from the distance um you know and you're just kind of basking yeah i think basking is the right verb mm. i think um yeah kind of basking in the yeah enormity and greatness and i say greatness not in the sense like oh this is good great it's like it's just vast like so incomprehensibly vast there's so much gases and you know corona sunspots sun flares things that are going on that you know you can't really quite put your finger on exactly you definitely can't touch it it's so vast and hot (laughs) can't touch this (laughs) Mm-hmm. um but you know yeah that that and also you know there's so much to learn about the sun you know like you said we've we've got pictures you know from this uh solar orbiter you know that we've had some pictures from but those pictures are only half halfway so the we haven't came out this week yeah. we're 48 million miles away at the halfway mark yeah they're not they're not and like, that's the closest we've gotten exactly there's so much more to learn we don't we haven't like figured out and we have 
ideas about what might be inside, right? We don't know for sure, you know, exactly. We know generally what the Stark Constitution should be, but we haven't proven, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I say this hesitantly because I'm not entirely aware of what NASA knows <laughs> the entirety of. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we haven't brought back solar rocks, for example. You know, Stephanie needs solar rocks in Terrabang um, um, to really believe yes. it. But if if they're rocks, can they really be from the sun? Because the sun would just be plasma, right? Yeah, I was waiting for you to get to that. Can I have some solid neon, please? Thank please. you. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just so 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 the song. Going back to the song, I kind of digress a little there. It just every time I listen to it. It, it just kind of makes me all stricken right mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's nice to feel a little all stricken you know our day-to-day -day lives sometimes i feel like we just take a little too much for granted we're just like okay wake up you know do more routine do some work you know then have fun time eat sleep repeat you know mm. it's just kind of routine there's not really too much time that i take to think be like this is a world I'm living in. This world is part of another world. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's part of a bigger thing, and we all kind of, like, live in that and, I guess, make peace with bigger things out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, kind of, with that in Terrabang, we just want to kind of be closing this episode, but with these ideas of, yeah, giving yourself that time to like yeah whatever it was if it's a song like what Stephanie was describing or maybe just I'm thinking of something or going to a place or doing some activity or being with a certain person that just helps you like pause maybe it's cleansing grounding whatever kind of purpose you need um but just to be kind of like fully connected in all sometimes parts you have to you. step away to be connected that's true too that is true too that is helpful so strange how that how that works but yeah there isn't there a there isn't a single direction no it's just like sometimes maybe yeah doing one thing always works but then maybe this one time yeah you have to actually step back instead of forward um but yeah hoping that yeah you're able to kind of find that to to heal to heal um because there's always healing that can be done even if it's tiny little micro healing because um, it comes with caring for yourself so we hope you like sunscreen covering up your little pores <laughs> little, little, little protection there <laughs> um, but yeah so that's kind of how we like to part uh, part with on this episode and you know thanks so much Ontario, for hanging out with us it was really great to to kind of be with you um, and kind of share share this conversation with you yeah sure we'll be signing off for now all right till next time till next time this has been uh what about what about <laughs>